best friend. It feels like a uh, year since we've sat down to record. What has went on? Okay, well, you were you had your thing, yeah, going on, yeah, and then uh, there was Easter, and then I wasn't ready. That's right. And so now, now we're back together. Here we are, rocking yes. like a hurricane. Yes. How have you been? Fine. Everything's Fine. going well? Yes. Good. Yes. Uh, how was your Easter? Blessed. I had all those people there, my nice. children, and it was so nice. You showed me the pictures. Yes. That's a sweet picture. It really, I, how was yours? Nice. Nice. You know, went with the in-laws, went out to dinner. So it was very low key. Oh. But, you know, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter if we have peanut no. butter sandwiches together. It's. It's just being together. That's right. Amen. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So it was, it was very good. Good. But otherwise, that's about it. You know, yeah. same things going on. We got uh, the boy got his uh, his driver's license, so that was good. That's yes. one major event out of the way. And then we've got um, grad uh, college graduation party coming. Can you up. believe it? Yeah. One down, one to go. Yes. So that's going to be a fun thing. Yes, it's it is. Fun it's fun preparing for that. Isn't it? Yes. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Good, and then, good, good. And then we're going to be in in the Central Valley. We'll be in one of the little cities. They're going to have a, uh, a Christian conf- conference. Is that what you Yeah, I would conference? call it a conference. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. It'll be That's fun. Friday. Yes. Friday and Saturday. <gasps> so Love it. That'll be, I guess they're just going to have different like, speakers. Sp- yeah. It's going to be a life changing okay i think you're gonna love it i'm really looking forward to it so does everyone go see the same speaker or do you have to choose like which speaker you go to i don't know how these work sometimes you can choose different ones but Mm -hmm. i haven't looked at the whole yeah i haven't either okay so when i did kind of just look real quick it looked like we were going to all hear the same thing oh okay which is fine good so i'm very much looking forward to it yeah That'll be great. So we will so enjoy that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but otherwise life, just life is going on. Amen. No kidding. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. God bless. All right, friend, do you want to start us in prayer? Yes. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time to study. Help me to focus on my books and notes and keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me to be with you. Give me insight that I might understand what I'm studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study your word and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me to always use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. We are going to be talking about Jonah and Amos this session. In the the paragraph before the text in our Bible for Jonah, it said the prophet Jonah is the earliest of the writing prophets to appear in the biblical narrative. Jonah was a reluctant prophet given a mission he found distasteful. He chose to run away from God rather than obey him. Like Jonah, we may have to do things in life that we don't want to do. Sometimes we find ourselves wanting to turn and run. But it is better to obey God than to defy him and run away. Often, in spite of our defiance, God, in his mercy, will give us another chance to serve him. Moving to Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, the Lord had given Jonah a message for the city of Nineveh. Mm-hmm. Nineveh. But Jonah disobeyed and traveled in the opposite direction away from the Lord. He boarded a ship, but the Lord sent a violent violent storm, and the captain and crew discovered it was Jonah who had offended the Lord. So the sailors threw him overboard, and the storm immediately stopped. Would you mind reading verse 17, please? Not at all. I'll get to that. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. How about any notes? Is it, I do. Was, yeah. I have, um, first one is God sent Jonah to the Assyrians, but he ran from the task and was swallowed by a great fish. The Bible tells us that he was inside the fish for three days and three nights. 
Then he was delivered and went to Nineveh. Is that it? Nineveh? Nineveh, where the people responded with repentance. Jesus cited these events in Jonah's life. When the religious leaders demanded that Jesus give them a sign to prove his authority, Jesus said the only sign they would receive was the sign of Jonah. They would see Jesus swallowed by death and delivered after three days. Jesus was making it very clear to the religious leaders of the day that their stubbornness to believe in him would be judged. The people of Nineveh Nineveh (laughs) responded to God's words spoken by Jonah, but the religious leaders refused to believe God's word spoken by his very own son. Often people of our generation demand a sign from God, but the only sign they will receive is the sign of Jonah. The death and resurrection of Christ. Anything else for that Um, section? I I know there was a lot. I know. I have, you cannot seek God's love and run from him at the same time. Jonah soon realized that no matter where he went, he couldn't get away from God. But before Jonah could return to God, he first had to stop going in the opposite direction. What has God told you to do? If you want more of God's love and power, you must be willing to carry out the responsibilities he gives you. He cannot say that you cannot say that you truly believe in God if you don't do what he says. Mm-hmm. And then I have many have tried to dismiss the miraculous this miraculous event as fiction, but the Bible does not describe it as a dream or a legend. We should not explain away this miracle as if we can pick and choose which one of the miracles in the Bible to believe. That kind of attitude would allow us to question any part of the Bible and cause us to lose our trust in the Bible as God's true and reliable word. Jonah's experience was used by Christ himself as an illustration of his death and resurrection. Hmm. And I know I knew that, but then it, I thought, oh my gosh, it is three day three. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of you know. Yeah. Anything else for there? Um, I have. Um, while the storm raged, Jonah was sound asleep below deck. Even as he ran from God, Jonah's actions apparently didn't bother his conscience. But the absence of guilt isn't always a barometer of whether we are doing right. Because we can deny reality, we cannot measure obedience by our feelings. Instead, we must compare what we do with God's standards for living. There go feelings again. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And this is Jonah's prayer. Now, yes. would you like to... I thought we could read all of sure. Jonah's prayer. Would you like to read it? Sure. Okay. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and the Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you. In your holy temple, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Very nice. It sure was. Um, The note for Jonah... Verse 1 says, this is a prayer of thanksgiving, not a prayer for deliverance. Jonah was simply thankful that he had not drowned. He was delivered in a most spectacular way and was overwhelmed that he had escaped certain death. Even from inside the fish, Jonah's prayer was heard by God. We can pray anywhere and at any time and God will hear us. Your sin is never too great, your predicament never too difficult for God. Anything for uh, for there? Anything else? I have about the ancient ship. It oh. said when Jonah boarded his ship bound for Tarshish, 
he was most likely using a Phoenician or a Philistine ship. Coastal traffic in Old Testament time, times was in the hands of Phoenicians and Philistines. There were sub, several ports along the Mediterranean Sea, such as Gaza, Joppa, Dor, and Asso, but none were very good. They were also sea lanes linking the Mediterranean coast with Egypt and distant Tarshish, probably Spain. And then I have for 2.8, those who worship worthless idols forfeit God's grace and abandon any hope for mercy from the Lord. Any object of our devotion that replaces God is a lying vanity. We deceive ourselves with something that is ultimately empty and foolish. Make sure that nothing takes God's rightful place in your life. Moving to Jonah chapter 3 verses 1 through 10, the Lord gave Jonah another message for Nineveh, and this time Jonah obeyed. And verse 4 says, On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now Nineveh will be destroyed. The king of Nineveh and all its people believed God's word from Jonah. And the king ordered his people to fast, wear garments of mourning, pray earnestly, and turn from their evil ways. God saw this and didn't destroy Nineveh. Anything for there? I have the pagan people of Nineveh believed Jonah's message and repented. What a miraculous effect God's word, God's words had on those evil people. Their repentance stood in stark contrast to Israel's stubbornness. The people of Israel had heard many messages from the prophets, but they had refused to repent. The people of Nineveh only needed to hear God's message once. Jesus said that at the judgment, the people of Nineveh will stand up to condemn the Israelites for their failure to repent. It is not our hearing God's word that pleases him, but our responding obediently to it. I do have one more. Oh, please. Um, it says, the purpose of God's judgment is correction, not revenge. He is always ready to show compassion to anyone willing to seek him. I had that highlighted. Isn't that nice? That's really important to remember. Yes, it is. He's not trying to get revenge on anything. No. He just wants you to be closer to him. Yeah. A relationship, yes. Um, I had a note for verses 1 and 2. Jonah had run away from God, but was given a second chance to participate in God's work. You may feel as though you are disqualified from serving God because of past mistakes, but serving God is not an earned position. No one qualifies for God's service, but God still asks us to carry out his work. You may yet have another chance. Jonah was to preach only what God told him, a message of doom to one of the most powerful cities in the world. This was not the most desirable assignment, but those who bring God's word to others should not let social pressures or fear of people dictate their words. They are called to preach God's message and his truth, no matter how unpopular it may be. Anything else? That's all I had. All right. Jonah chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. Would you like me to read this one? I thought we could read the whole passage. It's up to you. Okay, we're going to read all 11 verses. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? 
Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Did you yeah. have any notes for that section? I do. I have a couple. Yeah. First it said, God ministered tenderly to Jonah just as he, done, he had done to Nineveh and to Israel. And just as he does to us, God could have destroyed Jonah for his defiant anger. But instead, he gently taught him a lesson. If we will obey God, he will lead us. His harsh judgment is reserved for those who persist in rebellion. Jonah was angry at the withering of the plant, but not over what could have happened to Nineveh. Most of us have cried at the death of a pet or when an object with sentiment value is broken, but have we cried over the fact that a friend does not know God? How easy is how easy it is to be more sensitive to your own interests than to the spiritual needs of people around us. Sometimes people wish that judgment and destruction would come upon sinful people whose wickedness seems to demand immediate punishment, but God is more merciful than we can imagine. God feels compassion for the sinners we want judged, and he devises plans to bring them to himself. What is your attitude toward those who are especially wicked? Do you want them destroyed, or do you wish that they could experience God's mercy and forgiveness? I do have one more note. Oh, go it ahead. It says, God spared the sailors when they pleaded for mercy. God saved Jonah when he prayed from inside the fish. God saved the people of Nineveh when they responded to Jonah's preaching. God answers the prayers of those who call upon him. God will always work his will, and he desires that all come to him. Trust him and be saved. We can be saved if we heed God's warnings to us through his word. If we respond in obedience, God will be gracious and we will receive his mercy, not his punishment. Mm. You know, I was thinking about how it said um, that what do we feel about people that we think are sinners? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the situation with my mother oh. and the anger I had towards her and hurtness mm -hmm. the hurt i felt and the loss and the and i started praying for her and all that went away mm -hmm. but it took a long time and it took a long time to say one whole prayer yeah it's very difficult it is for someone that is very hurt you or whatever but you know if god could have mercy on us should we not have mercy on others you know and I, I agree with you, Amy. I mean, it's it's so difficult as a human with oh. feelings and emotions yeah. to look at a situation and, and go, this person really hurt me. Yeah. Like, they should have had my best interests. They really hurt me. But I need to forgive. Yeah. And, you know, forgiving doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. No. Or be in contact with them. Mm -hmm. So I just, that's what I thought of when I was doing this. That's, that's, yeah. you know, that's a great example. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Oh, of that. course. So now, did you have anything else for Jonah? Um, no. Okay. That was all my big notes. No, well, there's a lot of notes. There is. There's more notes. And, yeah. We're going to move on to Amos, uh, chapter one, verses one and two. And the note, I thought we could start with the note for Amos 1.1, which said, Amos was a shepherd and fig grower from the southern kingdom, which was Judah. But he prophesied to the northern kingdom, Israel. Israel was politically at the height of its power with a prosperous economy, but the nation was spiritually corrupt. Amos was sent by God to denounce this social and religious corruption. And he had received messages through visions. Mm -hmm. Could you please read verse 2? Yes. This is what he saw and heard. The Lord's voice will roar in, from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The lush pastures, pastures of the shepherds will dry up. The grass on Mount Carmel will wither and die. 
in the note for that verse says, in the Bible, God is often pictured as a shepherd and his people as sheep. As a shepherd, God leads and protects his flock. But here God is depicted as a ferocious lion ready to devour those who are evil or unfaithful. Anything else for that section? I don't have. The only other thing, that other one on verse verse 2, mm-hmm. it said Carmel means, or Carmel means fertile field. It was a very fertile area. A drought capable of drying up this area would have to be quite severe. Mm, okay. Moving to chapter 1, verse 3, through chapter 2, verse 3. The Lord was going to send down fire on the people, it was a lot of different towns, the, on the people of Damascus, Gaza, Tyre, Edom, and more for repeatedly sinning. Because this section was titled God's Judgment on Israel's Neighbors. Yes. Is there anything you wanted to talk about in that section? Yeah, I have a note. It says the accusation, the people have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. Echoes through these verses as God evaluates nation after nation. Each nation had persistently refused to follow God's commands. A sinful practice can become a way of life. Ignoring or denying the problem will not help us. We must begin the process of correction by confessing our sins to God and asking him to forgive us. Otherwise, we have no hope but to continue our pattern of sin. All right, and then moving to uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 16. This section was called God's Judgment on Judah and Israel. The The Lord was now going to punish both Judah and Israel for their constant sinning. All right, Amy, did you have any notes for Amos uh, chapter 2, verses 4 through 16? Did you have anything for Oh, there? chapter 2. Yeah, I'm sorry. Chapter That's okay. 4 through 16. I have one on, uh, here's the first one. The Moabites had descended from an incestuous relationship between Lot and his older daughter. Oh. Balak, king of Moab, had tried to hire the prophet Balaam to curse the Israelites so they could be defeated. Balaam or Balaam spoke the Lord's word of blessing instead, but some of the Moabites had succeeded in getting Israel to worship Baal. The Moabites were known for their atrocities, atrocities, an archaeological artifact. The Moabite stone reveals that Moab was already ready to profit from the downfall of others. So Baal is still in the picture. Still. Yeah. Now, I don't remember about Lot and his older daughter, but we did read it. Oh, yes, yes. And then um, through what, 16? Uh-huh. Okay, so I have two more. Yeah. Um, Amos was speaking to the upper class. There was no middle class in the country, only the very rich and the very poor. The rich observed religious rituals. They gave extra tithes, went to places of worship, and offered sacrifices. But they were greedy and unjust, and they took advantage of the helpless. Be sure that you do not neglect the needs of the poor while you faithfully attend church and fulfill your religious obligations. God expects us to live live out our faith. This means responding to those in need. Um, So the next one is television and movies are filled with images of people who seem to have no fear. Many today have modeled their lives after these images. They want to be tough, but God is not impressed with bravado. He says that even the toughest people will run in fear when God's judgment comes. Do you know people who think they can make it through life without God? Don't be swayed by their self-assured rhetoric. Recognize that God fears no one, and one day all people will fear him. Those were great. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, so before we get into the next section, this was in our Bible. It says, Amos explained to Israel and Judah they deserved judgment because they had a false understanding of what their status as God's chosen people meant. They weren't exempt from God's judgment. In fact, they would be held to an even higher standard than the surrounding nations. So we're getting into chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Amos relayed another message from the Lord to the people of Judah and Israel. And did you have anything for there? For three verses 3 through, yes. 1 through 15? Uh-huh. I have, um, God chose Israel to be the people 
through whom all other nations of the world could know him. He made a promise to Abraham, father of the Israelites. Israel didn't have to do anything to be chosen. God had given them this special privilege because he wanted to, not because they deserved special treatment. Pride in their privileged position ruined Israel's sensitivity to the will of God and to the plight of others. Verse 3, 6, when it said, When the ram's horn, horn blows a warning, shouldn't the people be alarmed? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned it? And it said that this verse means that God himself would be descending disaster to Israel. Then 3.10, I have the people of Israel no longer knew how to do what was right. The more they sinned, the harder it was to remember what God wanted. The same is true for us. The longer we wait to deal with sin, the greater the hold it has on us. Finally, we forget what it means to do right. Are you on the verge of forgetting? I think that if you try to be in the Bible every day, which is very hard for all of us, and I don't do it either. Yeah. I, mean, I try, but at times I try. Other times I'm enveloped with things that really shouldn't be. Like, I think I don't have time, but I need to make time. But sure, that can keep you away from that. Mm -hmm. It really makes a difference. And by no means am I in the Bible every day either. But boy, does it, it does make a difference. The more you're, you're reading, whenever you have that quiet time. Yes, it's so important. It is, absolutely. Um, I had a note for verses 3 through 6. With a series of seven rhetorical questions, Amos shows how two events can be linked together. Once one event takes place, the second will surely follow. Amos was showing that God's revelation to him was the sure sign that judgment would follow. The I don't think you read this one. Verse 7 says, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. Mm -hmm. And in the note, it said, Even in anger, God is merciful. He always warned his people through prophets before punishing them so they could not rationalize or complain when judgment came. Warnings about sin and judgment apply to people today just as they did to Israel. Because we have been warned about our sin, we have no excuse when, when punishment comes. Do not take lightly the warnings in God's word about judgment. His warnings are a way of showing mercy to you. Moving to chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Uh, verse 1 says, listen. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. This was, I when I reread this, I was like, wow, I forgot about this. So verse 1 says, listen to me, you fat cows living in Samaria. <laughs> You women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and who are always calling to your husbands, bring us another drink. Mm. It's fascinating that this was brought up. I know. The note for that says Israel's wealthy women were called fat cows, pampered, sleek, and well-fed. These women selfishly pushed their husbands to oppress the helpless in order to support their lavish lifestyles. Be careful not to desire material possessions so much that you are willing to oppress others and displease God to get them. Wow. So that's kind of like Jezebel, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're fat cows. <laughs> I'm not sure sleek and well-fed is together. Well, if you're a hefty gal, I you guess... You could be sleek. You could be... Yeah, you're not going to look slender, but if you... Sleek. Maybe sleek is more like how you dress. Maybe it's like a real pretty dress. You look yeah, very maybe. sleek. Okay. I understand what you're saying. Like a lot of the times we put together sleek and, and maybe slim. Yeah, I do too. I think a hefty gal could be yeah. sleek. And then it, still in that section, the Lord reminded the Israelites of all the travesties brought upon them and yet they still disobeyed. Yeah. Um, any notes for anything in there? No matter how God warned the people, through famine, drought, blight, locusts, plagues, or war, they still ignored him because the Israelites didn't get the message. They would have to meet God face to face in judgment. No longer could they ignore God. They would have to face the one they had rejected, the one they had refused to obey when he commanded them to care for the poor. One day, each of us will meet God face to face to give account for what we have done or refused to do. Are you prepared to meet him? Do you think God's sending us, he's sending us things now that we're just not understanding? 
not understanding or like, ignoring or yeah. what do you mean? Well, like like of all the things going on in the world, do you think some oh. of those are warnings? Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sorry. I didn't articulate yeah. that well. I'm sure they they're they are. Mm -hmm. The devil can do things on this earth, but not unless God allows them. I don't know. It's a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's people who don't even think of it twice. Mm. That I do, do don't you? Yes. Yeah, so... Just seeing all the stuff that's going on. And maybe it's because I'm older. Maybe it's because I'm more attuned to things now. Yeah. But it's like, how could you not put... You know, put one and one together and see what's going on. There's something going on. Yes. And I think that if you aren't of Christ, you're probably happy what's going on. With the chaos? Because if you're not of Christ, you're of evil. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just the facts. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying we look at it as we better look around and uh, not fear, but concern. Yeah. And I don't think that they, they think, oh, we're getting our way. Oh. Look, it's coming to our way. Look mm. at this is going great. That's horrible. Yeah. That people would think, anyone would think like that. Yeah. And we all have sin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like if there was some epiphany or God brought one of those things like from um, the black, what are they called? The ones that had the, the movie that had the... Aliens. Yeah. With Will Smith and that other guy. Oh, like Men in Black? Men in Black. If he brought this thing like that to yeah. change minds. Yes. And yes, it yes. said, all heavy people are the greatest and the healthiest. Frankong. <laughs> don't think I, I would think for a minute, oh, I don't have to be worrying about this hepperness. You know what I'm saying? Like... That would be me kind of feeling like, well, I'm getting my way. But in reality, that wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah. I understand where your story is going. I'm yeah. still stuck on Fricka. There's always a side don't effect. You feel like, don't you feel like that's what's happened? Yeah. Like Yes. All, yes. Like, like some major thing has happened. <laughs> and we're all just like, oh, okay. We don't know. It could be ten, in 10 minutes. I know. And you know people have been saying this since. The dawn of time. Yeah. But it might, we don't know. I've never seen the family attack like it is. Yeah. That's the difference mm -hmm. compared to our parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, back in the day, they were probably like, friend, do thou see <laughs> the evil that is afoot? Yeah. You know those conversations oh, have been yes, going they on. Did. That is funny. Oh, Moving to chapter 5, verses 1 through 17, the Lord wanted the people of Israel to come back to him and live. Any, uh, oh no, would you mind reading uh, verses 14 and 15, please? Sure. Do what is good and run from evil, so that you may live. Then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed. Hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into true halls of justice. Perhaps even yet the Lord God of heaven's armies will have mercy on the remnant of his people. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The note for verse 1 says, Amos shocked the listeners by singing a funeral song for them as though they had already been destroyed. The Israelites believed that their wealth and following religious rituals made them secure, but Amos lamented their sure destruction. Um, what notes did you have for that section? I have as, uh oh, a society is in trouble when those who try to do right are hated for their commitment to justice. Any society that exploits the poor and defenseless or hates the truth is bent on destroying itself. You could say that today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I have, um, here are eight common excuses for not helping the poor and needy. They don't deserve help. They got themselves into poverty. Let them get themselves out. God calls to help the poor applies to another time. We don't know any people like this. I have my own needs. Any money I give will be wasted, stolen, or spent. The poor will never see it. I may become a victim myself. I don't know where to start, and I don't have time. My little bit won't make any difference. 
Instead of making lame excuses, ask what can be done to help. Does your church have programs to help the needy? Could you volunteer to work with a community group that fights poverty? As one individual, you may not be able to accomplish much, but join with similarly motivated people and watch the mountains begin to move. That was a, a really well set up comment because mm-hmm. it gave us, ex- I mean, I am guilty of yeah. so many of those excuses, Yeah, but it gives us some solutions. You know, does the church have uh, programs to help? Can you volunteer? So it gives you ideas as to how you can help. Yes. Yep. That's good. For sure. Yep. Anything else for there? That's all I had. Okay. Moving to chapter 518 through 614, the warning of coming judgment. And verse 18 says, What sorrow awaits you who say, If only the day of the Lord were here. You have no Hmm. idea what you are wishing for. That day will bring darkness, not light. And the note for there said, Here the day of the Lord means the imminent destruction by the Assyrian army, as well as the future day of God's judgment. For the faithful, the day of the Lord will be glorious, but for the unfaithful, it will be a day of darkness and doom. Hmm. How about you? Did you have any notes for that? Yeah, those people, these people were calling for the day of the Lord, thinking it would bring an end to their troubles. But God said, you have no idea what you're wishing for. This day of the Lord would bring justice, and and justice would bring the punishment to the people deserved for their sins. Anything else? That's all I had. Okay, so moving to chapter 7, verses 1 through 9, the the little pre-paragraph for this section says, Amos gives five different visions pertaining to the judgment of God against his people, but he ends with a note of hope for restoration. God's judgment ultimately aims at bringing about repentance and renewal in relationship with him. In all three visions, Amos said, O sovereign Lord, please forgive us or we will not survive. For Israel is so small, so the Lord relented from this plan. I will not do it, he said. And the note for Verse 1 says, The following series of visions conveyed God's message to the people using images that were familiar to them. Locusts, fire, and a plumb line. Mm-hmm. How about you, friend? I have, um, first I have that little thing in insert oh, yeah. where it says, The swarm of locusts was the vision, and the significance was God was preparing punishment, which he delayed only because of Amos's intervention. The fire vision was God was preparing to devour the land, but Amos intervened on behalf of the people. The wall and plumb line vision, God would see if the people were crooked, and if they were, he would punish them. The basket of ripe fruit, the people were ripe for punishment. Once beautiful, they were now rotten. And God standing by the altar shows the punishment was executed. So I have these notes. Um, twice Amos was shown a vision of Israel's impending punishment, and his immediate response was to pray that God would spare Israel. Prayer is a powerful privilege. Amos's prayers should remind us to pray for our nation. I instantly thought of Moses, how he would pray for the people. Yes, yes. Instantly, like. And then um, a plumb line is a device used to ensure the straightness of a wall. A wall that is not straight will eventually collapse. God wants people to be right with him. He wants the sin that makes us crooked removed immediately. God's word is the plumb line that helps us be aware of our sin. How do you measure up to God's plumb line? So it's like, is it like a level? I think it is. Okay. Or isn't it a, isn't it a thing that they, I don't know. Well, no, I was just trying to. Plumb line. I thought that was the thing where they snapped that. Oh, is that what that is? I thought, but I may be wrong. You know what? I bet you're right. I'm probably Or they snap it. Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Okay. So, um, (laughs) Amaziah was the chief priest in Bethel, representing Israel's official religion. He was not concerned about hearing God's message. He was only worried about his own position, and maintaining it was more important than listening to the truth. Don't let your desire for prestige, authority, or money keep you tied to a job or position you should leave. Don't I, I love any... it. You just went to the next section. I love it. 
Don't let anything come between you and obeying God. Did I do go too far? Yeah, I did. No. You were just like, come on, woman, let's go. Yeah, let's head it out. Let's check this out. Yeah, I did. I apologize. Please don't. I love it. But yes, Amaziah was the priest of Bethel and believed Amos was scheming against yeah. the king of Israel and told him to return to Judah. That's what that note was referring to. Mm. And prophets like Amos were often seen as traitors and conspirators because they spoke out against the king and his advisors, questioning their authority and exposing their sin. The kings often saw the prophets as enemies rather than as God's spokesmen who were really trying to help them in the nation. Anything else for there? No, I don't have anything. Chapter 8 through 9, 10... The Lord was going to send a famine of his word to Israel. That was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, anything for there? The people had no appetite for God's word when prophets like Amos brought it. Because of their apathy, God said he would take away even the opportunity to hear his word. We have God's word, the Bible, but many still look everywhere except scripture for answers to life's problems. You can help them by directing them to the Bible, showing them the parts that speak to their special needs and questions. God's word is available to us. Let us help people know it before a time comes when they cannot find it. Judgment would begin at the altar, the center of the nation's life, the place where the people expected protection and blessing. This judgment would cover all 12 tribes. Commentators disagree concerning this altar. Some think it it was the altar that at Bethel. More likely, it was the altar in the temple of Jerusalem. God would destroy their base of security in order to bring them to himself. But he also promises to restore his renewed people and their broken world. Um, I wanted to read verses 2 through 4 because this is both inspiring and frightening at the same okay. time. Even if they dig down to the place of the dead, I will reach down and pull them up. Even if they climb up into the heavens, I will bring them down. Even if they hide at the very top of Mount Carmel, I will search them out and capture them. Even if they hide at the bottom of the ocean, I will send the sea serpent after them to bite them. Even if their enemies drive them into exile, I will command the sword to kill them there. I am determined to bring disaster upon them and not to help them. And then the note said, the place of the dead was the grave. The grave and Mount Carmel were symbols of inaccessibility. No one can escape God's judgment. This was good news for the faithful, but bad news for the unfaithful. Whether we go to the mountaintops or the bottom of the sea, God will find us and judge us for our deeds. Amos pictured the judgment of the wicked as a sea serpent, relentlessly pursuing the condemned. For God's faithful followers, the judgment brings a new earth of peace and prosperity. That was just so descriptive. Oh my God, yes. Anything else for there? I don't have anything else. That's all I have. Okay, and then last up is chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. And would you mind reading verses 14 and 15, please? I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in their own land. They will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Isn't that beautiful? So it's like we have all of these kind of, not scary but you know verses yeah but it ends in it says here a promise of restoration yeah yep i loved it were there any notes for that section yes the jews of amos's day had lost sight of god's love for them and his purpose for calling them the rich were carefree and comfortable refusing to help others in need They observed their religious rituals in hopes of appeasing God, but they did not truly love him. Amos announced God's warnings of destruction for their evil ways. We must not assume that going to church and being good are enough. God expects our belief in him to affect all areas of our conduct, 
and to extend to all people who people and circumstances. We should let Amos's words inspire us to live faithfully according to God's desires. Anything else for Jonah or Amos? I was going to tell a little story about a person I know. And this person that I know, they are um, comfortable. Mm-hmm. And unlike the people in here, this this couple helps people in another country so much. It's like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I heard a story the other day about her. Um, there was a person ill in another country that they work. They work with these people to help the them learn to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Poor, poor, poor people. And this one got very ill. And her husband got a hold of the, the friend I know. Okay. And said, my wife is so ill. Mm-hmm. And the wife was a bigger gal. And she was only 30. Oh, wow. And they had little kids. And um, that woman here talked to a doctor friend she knows. Mm-hmm. Figured out what she needed to get tested for. And at that time, there was war in this country. So they were afraid to leave their little area okay so they um they were praying about it and praying about it and she was like listen you've got to go to the main city and i'll pay we will pay for her to have an operation we'll pay whatever wow well whatever you need we're gonna do Mm -hmm. and so they he called her a while back after they had been praying and she was trying to figure out what to do because her doctor friend said I think it's A, and let's get medicine to her. You know, we'll do this. Okay. So they gave her this medicine, but you couldn't be on it for very long. Mm. Well, the husband called back and said, I just found out a group of surgeons is coming through. Wow. And you had to stand in line all day just to be seen. Wow. And the wife was so ill she couldn't, but her husband went. Mm -hmm. And... Whenever it was his turn, they got the wife there, and they got her surgery and everything. And she has to take medicine every day now for the rest of her life. And this friend gets that to her through missionaries. Wow. And you just think, if any of us, I mean, okay, she has money Mm -hmm. and is using it in God's work, you know. But if any of us think we can't do anything, just like that said, join something or you know whatever i've seen my kids so tired but they serve and that's like a like i look up to that you Mm -hmm. know what i mean yes i don't know and there's many ways to serve it doesn't have to be in a church you know but and that's you know that's also the thing you don't have to have a lot of money no like that's not even like your story is a wonderful story. Right. But you don't have to have the, the money like that to help. No. At the end of every arm is a hand for helping. That's Amen. That. Amen to that. And, you know, uh, that doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. It may cost some tiredness, but God bless you. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I said about her with the money, because they were talking about the wealthy people, just almost like ritualistic things yeah religious things to make him supposedly happy but it wasn't a personal relationship and to see this person talk about these people mm-hmm. you know maybe it's just uh not just maybe it's helping an elderly neighbor absolutely taking her little bouquet of flowers yeah and god will um push you to do some things if you listen to the Holy Spirit. Yes. And we've talked you've talked about that before. Yes. So I don't know. I we're not here to be wealthy. We're here to love one another and bring people to him. Do you agree? I do. And but you know what? That is a mindset that you need not you, but like in general, people need to get out of. Because in society, that's the mindset that we're supposed to have mm-hmm. you know the more you have the more money you have this 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 i know it's like you kind of have to reverse your way out of it yeah. almost you do you you really do and how blessed are we that we can just go to the doctor I know. 
Like we can go to a hospital, we can go to CVS and get medicine. Yeah. You know, where there are there are a lot of countries that do not have that luxury. No. And I bet a lot in, in those countries, there's a lot of people that are richer than all of us here. Oh, sure, sure. Because their belief, their faith, their whatever. But I've heard a couple stories this week, and it just makes me think, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like people that are really giving their life. Yeah, it was brought to your attention for a reason. Yes, it was. And what else was brought to my attention, and maybe someone else needs to hear it, is... Don't let your desire for prestige, authority, or money keep you tied to a job or position you should leave. Mm. Don't let anything come between you and obeying God. Mm. Yeah, you got you got to listen. And yeah. it's tough, you know. You, you have a family to feed. Mm -hmm. But God's going to put it together for you. Amen. Yes. Thank you for that story. Oh, That's an amazing story. I just uh, Imagine if we all did something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, there's many things that that woman does to help these people. And I try to always, I've tried to contribute here and there. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's not maybe $10 or this or that. Or or make cookies for an event she's going to have for these people. Whatever. Yeah. Even that. Yeah. Even going there and greeting someone who's coming in. There's always a little something. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. It could just make a world of difference. Yeah. Amen. Like, remember remember when I told you the story when I had pneumonia? And oh, there was my the, gosh. I mean, there were all sorts of blessings that one particular day. But when those two ladies that worked in the doctor's <sighs> office came out and saw that, like, I could barely breathe and struggling to get into the complex, and they brought out a wheelchair. I know. It could make me cry. That's not just, like, by chance. No. It was... The Lord. That, that was something. Even a little something like that where you're helping out someone who is struggling at a particular moment. And they probably didn't think twice about it, but they were listening. Yeah. They did. And, oh. Like, those two ladies have no idea. Exactly. What they did for me that day. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to make it. No. God will reveal it to them one mm. day. And, you know, they don't even want to know it. Yeah. Those type of people. Yeah. They're like beautiful. Yeah. Yes. All right, friend. Let's give get All some right. info out there. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. And that is where uh, I put all of the um, upcoming readings, or in current and upcoming readings, okay. so everyone can follow along. We're also on Instagram at My Basic Bible Study, Twitter at Basic Bible Study, and of course the website, mybasicbiblestudy.com. And that's where you can find all of the links for uh, the podcast, yes. or many of them. Now next time, I'm not going to read all of this, um, because we're going to go back into 2 Kings and Isaiah, and then we have some parallel verses with 2 Chronicles. So all of those are going to be listed on facebook okay so for everyone reading along and i think that kind of wraps up second kings and chronicles for us we're going to hear about that threshing grain oh, threshing floor oh the, the threshing, threshing floor, floor. <laughs> <laughs> we're never gonna forget no so anyway that, that should be about the end of that okay and that is it friend oh Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you guys. Have a blessed week. Yes.